are so excited because we have a mover and a shaker from the Tampa Bay area. She is the president of the NAACP, and we're so excited to have her, especially on Black History Month. Hello, Yvette. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Okay. Well, you know what? We always start at the beginning. Where were you born? Born and raised here in Tampa, Florida. Really? Mm-hmm. You're in an area called Jackson Heights. Yes. Okay. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. All right. So where did you end up going to school? Um, I went to, I ended up graduating at uh, Chamberlain High School. Okay. All right. So where'd you go to elementary? Oh, I, we were bused all the way to Lutz. So they bused us to Lutz. Oh, I was school. in that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. The only, only thing I was in New York City, I was bused from Bedside to Queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were in that busing thing. Um, now, you went to Chamberlain. And then after that, did you go on to any secondary education? Yes, ma'am. I went to Hillsborough Community College. And I graduated from there. And when I left there, I went to uh, University of South Florida uh, for a couple of years. And um, then I left there and went to, I ended up at FAMU. Oh, all right. So I am a Rattler for life. You are a Rattler. Now, what was your major? My major was elementary education. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. And did you ever teach? No, ma'am. You didn't teach at all. What Mm -hmm. did you end up doing? Um, I ended up doing a lot of stuff. So I, I worked in the hospital a lot. So I have like 20 years of experience working in the hospital. Um, I was a physical therapy tech. Oh, okay. So you worked here in Tampa in the hospital? In, the, in Tampa, yes. Which hospital did you work at? Uh, St. Joseph Hospital. And then I worked at some rehab hospitals. So the last hospital I worked at was University University Hospital, but now it's named um, Avid Health. I see. Okay. Now, after you finished your career doing that, what did you end up doing? I ended up um, working in the community, doing stuff in the community, uh, getting to know my getting to know my community better, advocating, and um, finding finding things um, that needed to be heard or needed to be done, and and asking the question why and looking for solutions. That's what I, yeah. So you ended up being a community activist, basically. Yes. So at first I didn't call myself a community activist. I just call myself as a voice for the voiceless. Okay. All right. And you, and then when, so how did you do that? What did you end up doing? Just got involved. I just jumped in and just got involved and um, just found, you know, realized that there were issues in my community. So I just started researching and just started talking to people and um, trying to figure out where do we go from here? Or the better yet, how did we end up here? And then, you know, what's the solution? So I started doing that. And that's where it just led me from one place um, to the other. So uh, I was at one point a... Um, a member of the Democratic Black Caucus. So I saw a lot of stuff going on with them. And then as I was over there, 
Then uh, I became the political action chair for the NAACP Hillsborough County branch. Oh, okay. and so and that really just um, took it and, and sparked a lot of it. So first you started working with the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. You don't remember who was the chair of the party back then, do you? The chair of the party back then was, I do believe, was a, a gentleman by the name of Chris. I can't call his last name. OK. All yeah. right. Um, I joined the Democratic Party here in Hillsborough County only about four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've only known one chair, which is I own Townsend. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I and I also joined the Democratic Black Caucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm enjoying my experience there now, and I'm the secretary. Mm-hmm. And so when I came along, you were already in the NAACP. Yes, ma'am. And I think you were working as the political chair. Yes. And then what made you decide to go on to be president? Uh, change. Change has got to come and change needed to come in order for the organization to grow and expand and um, continue to be um, vibrant and, and relevant into the community. So um, I could not in good faith just, just sit there and watch something fall down around me and don't say anything or try to contribute. So that's when I made the decision that I wanted to run for president. Okay, so you had to, who did you have to beat out for that? Was it Benny? Yes. What's his last name? Smalls. Benny Smalls. Okay, so you won that that competition. Now, since you have been president, I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of things going on, good things. Yes. You all have an annual fundraiser, not this year, but usually. Mm -hmm. How many people usually come to your fundraiser? We have... Pack the house over a thousand people. Wow. Downtown yeah. at the Hilton, right? At, well, that was our last one at the Hilton, but we have outgrown the Hilton. Really? So last year, um, if COVID wasn't hit, we would have had it at the Tampa Convention Center. Wow. Yeah. How many you think you would have had there? We would have packed the house then. Wow. That's a shame because uh, I have attended several years mm-hmm. and it's just an amazing event. Can you tell us some of the speakers you've had there? Oh, we've had um, Congressman um, James Clyburn. You know, we've had uh, Mayor Andrew Gillum, uh, the Honorable Mayor. Um, We've had uh, uh, my pastor, uh, Reverend uh, Larry Mouton. He he was speaking, and what church is he affiliated with? He is with no greater no greater love now. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then we also had uh, Hillary Shelton, and he's from our D.C. bureau in Washington. So we've had quite a few uh, yes. guest speakers. And do you have a, a scholarship program that goes along with that? No, we don't have one this year, but we definitely will be having one next year. Okay. All right. So that money basically goes to running the Tampa office, right? It definitely goes to running the office. Because that's your main fundraiser. That's our main fundraiser. Now, if someone wants to contribute Mm -hmm. to the NAACP, to the Tampa branch, what what would they do? They can go to our website and click the donate button. So there's a donation button up there and click. Or they can mail a a check. And um, yeah. Now, what what is your website? Our website is NAACP Hillsborough County Branch. Okay. That's it. Dot Wonderful. Org. Mm-hmm. Now, what if someone wants to be a member? 
If you want to be a member, that's awesome. You know, I tell people we are the most cheapest organization you can join. <laughs> Inexpensive. And get, and get your bang for the buck. It is only thirty dollars wow. a year. It it's not it doesn't cost much, but you get so many opportunities. You get so many things to do. And it's very rewarding because when we fight, we win. All right. That's what the shirt says, that's right? <laughs> yeah, that's when we fight, we win. Yeah. Now, let's talk about some things mm-hmm. that we can a person can do once they join the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have action groups or anything like that? We have uh, committees. So we have the committee chairs. We have education. Um, Huge yeah. issue. We, we can talk <laughs> so, about that. Economic development. We have health. We have housing. We have veteran affairs. Uh, we have... Um, Oh, uh, oh! By all means, political action, uh, <laughs> civic, yeah, civic <laughs> engagement, and so um, we have quite a bit of uh, chairs that people can join and be active and be a part of. Okay, do we want to open up the education issue in Hillsborough County, Florida? Sure. Why not? All right. Now the thing is, how are you feeling about our new superintendent of schools? I feel he has a tough road. Um, He has a lot um, to do, and he's trying to uh, find that perfect balance. But to be honest with you, there is no perfect place. So um, I just feel like uh, it's it's a difficult balance, and um, he's he's trying to see. You know, he walked into a mess. Yes, and so now he's left to clean it up, but he has to clean it up between this and that or him and her or us and them. So um, he has a difficult road and he has a challenge ahead of him. Now they are about $50 million, I believe in debt. Yes. And um, do you think they're going to be taken over? I hope not. I hope not. No one wants their school district to be taken over. And do you know who would actually come in and, that would be the state. The, the state, state of, Florida. of Florida would come in and have to um, mm-hmm. basically administer the whole pro the whole county yes. program. Wow, that's how do you feel about the people on the board right now, Hillsborough County School Board? I think we have a uh, good diverse board um, with a lot of. Um, each one of them bring their own different perspectives. So we got Shake Washington on there now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, we got Lynn Gray on mm-hmm. there. Uh, so we got, we got, a, we got some voices on there. You for know, the, you got the Jessica children. Vaughn. Jessica Vaughn just took a seat. Yes. Nadia Combs. Yes. Brand um, new. Karen got Perez. Karen Perez is on there. Yeah. And you have Dr. Cone. Cone is still there. And then you have Melissa Snively still okay. there. Okay. Okay. All right, so hopefully we'll, we'll, we're going to see what happens with the board because I'm sure they're getting used to each other. Um, I'm hoping we got, they are. we got some new people on mm-hmm. there. All right, so what do you think about what's going on in the classrooms in Hillsborough County? It, it, you know, we have a lot of work when it comes to educating our kids. Um, it, it's, you know, we need to put more focus on educating the kids and and all this grown-up stuff need to be set aside or pushed aside so um 
do I think they can do better? Yeah, uh, they can do better when it comes to educating and assuring that all the kids get an education and have the opportunity to do so. There's a lot of concerns going on um, that I have that the NAACP is addressing with the school district when it comes to educating the kids. Now, are you getting involved in, in at all with the COVID issues like um computers making yes. sure they're online yes because i believe you have a youth group over there yes we do have an naacp youth so uh, have you been able to help uh, families at all most definitely during covid yes we have we get the calls that come into our office so when we get the calls we call the school district and they they respond very well are you able to give out computers or anything like that? We don't give out the computers, no. But we contact the school district, and the school district makes sure that that student gets it. Okay. So if a parent is having a concern about their child in school, mm-hmm. they can call the NAACP. Yes, we get tons of calls. We get a lot of calls. <laughs> and what's the phone number for that? It's 813 now, other big concern is the school-to-prison pipeline. Yes, Have you ma'am. done anything with that at all? We are working extensively with that. Okay. So we definitely have the current numbers. And we started actually, uh, you know, I think it was, we started pulling the numbers. Um, it was uh, around about December of last year and working on that. So uh, we've uh, been having a conversation with the school district and, expressing concerns uh, over certain areas that need to be changed. Some some policies need to be changed. Now, when you say you're pulling numbers, are you saying that you're looking at the kids that are being arrested in school? What what kind of numbers are you looking at? We're pulling, at? yes. We look we look at everything. We look at the kids that's being arrested. We look at the, the people who put the request in. We look at where the school comes from. We look at the color, the age, the uh, the uh, the grade. We look at everything. All right. Well, unfortunately, we have to take a break. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but uh, when we come back, I, I'd also like to get into the history of the NAACP. Anything? Sure. Yeah, where when it was founded, because it has a such a huge history. Yes. And it's still going on today. Mm-hmm. All right now. Thank you. They're going to bring me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. The whole experience was fine. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. 
some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Catch my show that will be all up in your business. Let's talk business with Cheryl J. Cuso. Every Wednesday at 12.31 p.m., my business experts provide insight for business entities and entrepreneurs. So join us every Wednesday from 12.31 p.m. to 1.31 p.m. at www.intouchnews.com. Catch my show. So happy to have in the studio, live and in person, Miss Yvette Lewis, the president of the Hillsborough County NAACP. And we want to talk about the history of the NAACP and all the good things they're doing in Hillsborough County. Now, since this is Black History Month, mm-hmm. can you tell us about the founding of the NAACP? The NAACP was founded in 1909, February the 12th. And it was all started um, with 16 individuals and with mixed race and um, due to lynching. And oh, okay. So they, what state was that? That was in New York. Okay. To, due to lynching. And so they start, it, it was founded then, and they wanted to um, bring awareness and stop. The lynching. So that's where it, it was founded and that's how it all got started. So that is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Yes, ma'am. Um, who were some of the names? Do you remember who were the founding members? Oh, you had W.E.B. W. Du Bois uh, and uh, what was that? Roy Wilkins. It was cool. Quite a bit. And then you had, um, it, like I said, it was mixed. So you had quite a bit of uh, white folks on there that were uh, avoc- with strong advocacy as well. Okay. Well, that was huge because W.E.D. Du Bois was big in, in New York. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was a mover and a shaker. I didn't realize that he had a, a, a hand in founding the NAACP. Almost definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the NAACP also has a legal component to it, right? Yes, we have a legal defense fund that's out of New York. Okay, so I understand that they kind of split, but they they still have the same mission. Yes. Okay, and recently they filed a lawsuit Mm -hmm. um, against President Trump. Yes. Rudy Giuliani, Mm -hmm. the Proud Boys. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and the Oath Keepers. Yes. Okay. What do you think about that lawsuit? I think we have an amazing um, national president, Derek Johnson, and he has been a force to be reckoned with. So he is really good and demanding. He's really good at um, letting our voice be heard. So um, he, he is speaking out and, and, and standing up. Now, the thing is, Lynching is a huge issue. Yes. Yeah, because we, that was just terrorizing black people back. Oh, that you're talking about in 1909 is when they when the, the organization mm-hmm. started. Okay. And then I think the lynching still went on into the what, the 50s? It, it did. And actually, the Tampa branch started because of lynching as well so um so yeah the temple branch started in 1915 um that's when they started the process for um and it was all started due to lynching uh a lynching that they had here in tampa and um so 
to bring awareness once again and to to stop it because it was cruel and it was um, the punishment was not necessary. Absolutely. And of course, um, before when, before my time, black folks were running out of the south up to the north. Yes. And one of the main reasons for that whole migration was lynching, mm-hmm. because every time someone would get lynched, the people would be terrified mm-hmm. and then they would just basically up and leave mm-hmm. and go up north. Yeah, um, and then when they do it, they would, of course, hold it in the town square. So Mm. it was a way of controlling the mind of an African-American person. It was a way of controlling um, their whole uh, lifestyle. It was was pretty—it was definitely a way of controlling um, and keeping in control the the superior race— Yes. Yes. Okay. So now in the 19 I believe in the 1980s you kind of had a reverse migration. Mm-hmm. And you have more black people who were educated mm-hmm. going back to the south, the southern states. Yes. And um I'm we're seeing where a lot of mayors are um African American mayors are being elected now because you have educated black people who mm-hmm. are voting. That is correct. Yes. So, um, but have, we haven't had one in Tampa. So you we know, haven't it, it, had one. I in think Tampa, Tampa yet. is due. It, the time is now. The time is right. Um, you know, for uh, Tampa to um, elect an African American mayor and to have more than one seat uh, at the city council, <clears throat> more than one seat at the school board and more than one seat on county commission. And it is time for an African-American constitutional officer as well. You mean a constant, what, what do you mean by that? Your property appraiser, your oh, okay. uh, uh, supervisor for election, all of those constitutional offices. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a little thing called gerrymandering. Yes. Yes. That makes it that that unfortunately is the reason for why you have one black seat on basically all the county boards. Yes. Yes. Because they make it they make it so that it's very difficult for an African-American to win outside of that. black. That's a little thing. But the biggest thing is called complacent. So if you choose to have it, you can do it. And Stacey Abrams proved it. That's true. Okay, in the in the state of Georgia, Stacey Abrams proved that it can be done, and it should be done, and we should step up to the plate and do it. So, um, if we all get out there and vote and support and do what we need to do, then we can make some change. We can absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the the wonderful thing about it is, black people have the votes. Definitely. They actually have the votes and they, they may not then they have enough votes usually to help swing an election one way or the other. Most definitely. Because some of these elections are won on such narrow margins. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem we have a lot of the times is with the midterms. Yes. Because I heard Nancy Pelosi say, well, we're about to have our midterms and 50 percent of the country doesn't even know we're having elections. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is education. Yes, it is. Yeah. So and a lot of it is is apathy as well. So um, you have to address the issue that once I uh, some people have 
started earning an extra dollar or two and their paycheck, they become complacent and comfortable. And so they just move on and, and they do not address. They don't really um, come back to help the community. They don't come back. No. Mm-mm. Are you doing anything at all with voter registration or voter education? Definitely doing a lot with voter um, education, um, voter registration. We will be uh, kicking it into gear the 1st of March. And what are you going to do? Are you going to door knock? Will you call people? Yeah, we we haven't set out the strategy plan yet because of COVID. So we want to make sure that everybody's safe that's doing it. But we are going to do it. it the time is now. And so you actually call voters. Mm-hmm. And what do you tell them? We encourage them to vote. Okay. Do you tell them, do you tell them vote by mail? Uh, we ask them that's the choice. We give them the choices and then they decide on it. So a lot of people just don't believe in voting by mail, but we give them the choices, the options on what they choose to do. Okay. Now, I guess I should uh, mention that the NAACP is a nonpartisan organization. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So you don't support any candidates. We, um, we don't endorse. Okay. Any candidates. Okay, but um, but so you don't tell anybody who to vote for. You just tell them how to vote. We don't tell anyone who to vote for. We tell them how to vote and we educate them on that seat. Okay, who is actually running. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Now, I'm hoping that you might consider working with the League of Women Voters mm-hmm. because they're also nonpartisan. They're also trying to educate voters. So I'm hoping that more of the, the, the um, community organizations that are doing the same thing might want to consider working together. We are. So Miss Adelia uh, uh, Phillips, we do. She sends me um, stuff and we do support y'all as well as y'all support. So Adelia Phillips, who is African-American, is mm-hmm. the president of the Hillsborough County League of Women Voters, who also has a very long history because they started out at suffragettes winning the right to vote for women. Mm -hmm. And then they became the League of Women Voters over 100 years ago Mm -hmm. to educate voters. Yes. Yes. So we always like to hear what y'all are doing to help people vote. Because if African-Americans only knew the power that they have, especially in the state of Florida. That is correct. We could win some big elections. I mean, mm-hmm. we showed that with Andrew Gillum because they got him through the primary and almost got him in the in the governor's mansion. That is correct. We can't give up now. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't give up now. You can't give up. You can't turn around and won't go back. Okay? You think Stacey Abrams might come down here if you called her? We don't need a Stacey Abrams. <laughs> we got our own people to organize. We can, okay. we can do it ourselves. I got confidence in the state of Florida. I got confidence in the city of Tampa. We can do it ourselves. We can do it. If you had to choose someone to run for uh, the mayor of Tampa Mm -hmm. right now, who's African-American, does anybody come to mind? Actually, um, (laughs) this is the problem. We need we need uh, a bench. Yeah, actually, uh, to be honest with you, the only one that comes to mind at this present time was um, Representative Fentress Driscoll. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That is that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah, I think she yeah, she's she could win. A lot of people love her. Yeah. She's done a very good job as a as a a, a state representative. Mhm. She happens to be my representative because I'm in the Carrollwood area. That's awesome. Yes. So she is one of those um, African-Americans who was able to win a seat that is not traditionally black. Mhm. 
Yeah. Very, very good. A very good um, astute observation there, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> now, we went, oh, let's go over a little bit more about education because there's a big fight right now. Do you think teachers should go back to the classroom if they have not been vaccinated? I think before anyone goes back to the classroom, it should be a safe environment and people need to feel comfortable that they're going to be safe. So um, but then you're also looking at the fact that it's, you know, to make sure that these kids are um, being educated as uh, properly and getting enough education to pass some of these exams that they need to pass. These I'm talking about the state exams. So, All right. So you're seeing where our children are failing. Or not passing. Oh, we're hot. way behind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the and the biggest gap, the gap is growing between African American students and um, other students. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the gap is growing. So uh, do teachers, I think, should be vaccinated? Yeah, they should. Um, do we need to be careful? And when they go into the classroom, yeah. They definitely need to. Um, And it's just something that uh, we need to pay close attention to and listen to the teachers. So, well, I'm going to say the teachers are scared. Yeah. Yeah. They're scared to go back into the classroom without a vaccination. And right now the governor is saying that we got to get all the uh, people over 65 first. And if the teachers don't feel comfortable, then they should not go and they should not be penalized for it. And they sh- and it should not be held against them. They should have the right to um, if they choose to go back into the classroom instead of being forced into a situation. Now, with that gap um, in education, mm-hmm. what do you think we can do for our kids? You mean we as in who? We as in, oh, I should say, what do you think the NAACP can help to do well, about that We're always that gap? doing stuff for the kids. We're always advocating for these kids. So we, we have well, a tell monthly, the people what you're doing because they want to yeah, know. We have a monthly meeting with the superintendent and the uh, staff of the school district um, once a month. And, you know, we're like I said, we're always advocating for a better change and when the complaints come into our office, we advocate for them to be resolved or, you know, um, we look at the, the lesson plans. We look at the curriculum. We look at all of that. Like I said, we look at absenteeism. We look at the suspension. And then, you know, we also go and look at the minority business component. We look at the fact that who oh, you great. have well, hold in the that classroom. thought because you just touched on a whole mm-hmm. bunch of issues right there. But we'll be right back. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call Herma White at 961-6661. That's 961-6661. Thinking politics? Tampa Bay Politics is on every Wednesday at 11 a.m. with Angela Birdsong. Tune in right here on In Touch Radio. All righty then. 
boy, we were getting to, into a whole bunch of things that the NAACP does. Mm-hmm. That's why this lady is so busy. But I know, um, well, let's go over some of the people who are in your organization, your committee chairs. Yes. So, first of all, we have our officers. Um, and, of course, I am the president. And we have our first vice president, which is Terrence Lamar. And our second vice president, which is Joe Robinson. And uh, we have our secretary, Selena Ward. Our assistant secretary, Maurice Wilson. Our treasurer, Ray Campbell. Our assistant treasurer is um, John Streeter. And I want to thank all of you all for uh, serving.